Hello, hospitalitarians, and welcome back to another episode of the Hospitality MD podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Allison, super excited to present this week's episode for you all. Now, this week, we're not really teaching you anything direct necessarily, but what I love about this episode is that for our guest today, Dallas Widmark, who is the general manager of The Lookout at Lake Chelan, hospitality has been in his life and has been alongside him for the last 25 years through all of the twists, turns, and curveballs that life can throw at you. So today, you're going to be hearing Dallas's story from when he first started out in hospitality all the way up until now in context with life. And that's just what I love about this story is hospitality is always by your side. And it's really, really apparent in Dallas's story. At the very end, we'll also hear about what Dallas is doing now, Just super interesting. It's a neighborhood of short-term vacation rentals in almost like a resort setting, and Dallas is managing it all. So stay tuned to hear a great story and some awesome information about the lookout at Lake Chelan. This is a Do Not Miss episode. This is Hospitality MD. Dallas, thank you for being on Hospitality MD for joining us. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. I mean, I've become a, a big fan of yours in hospita- Hospitality MD pretty quickly, and uh, I love what you guys are doing and, and have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing. So, uh, yeah, pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly uh, certainly an honor to have you on the show. Now, you know, talking to you off the record and everything, come to find out you have a roller coaster of a hospitality journey, uh, you know, as do a lot of us here. And I definitely think that our listeners will be able to take some, some big, you know, pieces of value away from, from hearing about your story. So, you know, right now you're the GM at, uh, the lookout at Lake Chelan, which is, you know, we'll certainly dive into that a little bit more not your typical hotel. Right. But, um, we're really a hotel at all for that matter. Uh, in sure, a lot yeah. of ways, <laughs> but, but before we get there, let's start at the beginning and I'm going to take you way back. <laughs> we're going to, we're, you may have heard me ask this question to some of our other guests, but do you remember the first time you felt hospitality that enunciation moment? Think as far back as you can remember. Yeah. You know, and, and listening to your other, your, your other shows, I knew that the question was coming and, you know, I grew up, um, I was born in Oregon, but we moved to Florida when I was about five years old. And from five to eight years old, we were in Florida. So some of my earliest memories are in Florida. And it's obviously like, you know, beach town. We were living in Tampa Bay and we would go to the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. Uh, we would go to uh, Longboat Key, which is another kind of resorty area down there. So I remember just how cool it was going to like resorts and hotels and like, you know, you're on vacation, you're at the beach, you're in the pool. And, and, uh, you know, 
it's not that I made up my mind when I was, you know, eight years old that I was going to be in hospitality, but certainly when it came time to go get a job, I was, I was drawn to, you know, hotels, resorts, and just wanting to be in that environment where people were having a good time. And it was all about, you know, fun and vacation and cool places. And um, so, I mean, some of my earliest memories, you know, again, were just these, these great places in, in Florida. And when it came time to go to work, uh, yeah, I just naturally gravitated towards a, a resort and then just kind of, and I, it's even after that, I, I probably worked in hotels and resorts for a good, you know, seven, eight, nine years before I actually made a definitive decision to, to give it a run as a, an actual career. So just to clarify here was, was hotels, was that like your first job or? Yeah. Like- yeah. So I mean, I always, I always wanted to work. I always liked the idea of working and having my own money and whatnot. And um, when I was 15 years old, you know, just looking for a summer job, a part-time job, um, I went to work at uh, the Point Hilton Resort uh, on South Mountain. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. It's now the Arizona Grand Resort. This big, sprawling, beautiful resort there in Phoenix. Uh, went to work in the the fitness center, and I was, you know, uh, you know cleaning bathrooms and folding towels and making, you know, smoothies and protein drinks to, for the, the guests and whatnot. And, um, you know, in this, in the summertime, I got to go work at the pool on the weekends and, you know, hang out at the bar and drink virgin daiquiris and then <laughs> make sure the, make sure the guests had, you know, had their towels, the place was tidy and cleaned up and it's 115 degrees in Phoenix. So my uniform was, you know, board shorts and flip-flops and, I was encouraged to get in the pool as often as I needed to because it was so hot and it was just, yeah, that was my first job. And it was just, it was really cool. It was really cool. And, and, uh, you know, just kind of went from there. Is so is that the Hilton, uh, point Tapatio? Is yeah. that what that is? There's three, there's, there, there was three of them. It was the point at South mountain, the point at Tapatio cliffs. And man, there was another one, Squaw peak, the point at Squaw peak. And oh, I, believe, I didn't know there were three of them. Yeah, because I stayed at the Tapatio one time, yeah. but I never even knew that it was all a kind of a, a series of resorts. Yeah, so the, I believe Tapatio and Squaw Peak still exist as Hilton Resort properties. Uh, if you look up the Arizona Grand Resort, that's the old point South Mountain. Um, yeah, big, beautiful, sprawling resort, golf courses, just a really nice, really nice place. They don't make them like they used to. I'm telling you like those, like staying at, you know, I know it's not quite exactly the same location, but I can imagine it because I stayed at the the other one and Mm -hmm. I just, it was just something special, even though it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Like some of the, uh, you know, you could tell that it was an older property, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They weren't hiding it. It was pretty obvious, but it, it didn't, take away from my experience you know it just felt like this is where the community goes to have a good time Mm -hmm. and this is where people come from all over to experience the area yeah classic classic arizona resort like desert resort with the pools and everything and yeah great great places well yeah that sounds like a hell of a first job to me yeah my uh my first job was at a Hilton, no longer a Hilton, but at a Hilton golf resort, Mm -hmm. uh, right outside Chicago, um, working at the front desk, but man, uh, to be going and taking a dip in the pool and, and, and doing that sort of stuff sounds 
like, yeah, how could you turn back away from that? Right. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, I played a lot of, you know, sports when I was younger and football and <clears throat> baseball. So everything was always part-time summertime on the weekends here and there. And, um, you know, the rest of the high school, I can't remember why I left that job, but I went, I worked at like a bagel shop and I worked at like a pizza shop. Um, but then post high school, uh, I needed a job. My dad had, uh, his business had done a lot of, uh, you know, meetings and events at the Phoenix airport Hilton. And he knew the GM fairly well down there. And he said, Hey, go down. It was this little, little, uh, Norbert was his name. I believe he was German, this little like fiery German guy. So go on down to, to the Hilton, talk to Norbert, um, get a job. So I went down there. I think I was about 18 years old at the time. And, uh, uh, you know, he took me back to the HR, the job postings and said, what, you know, what looks good to you. And when I had arrived to the hotel, I saw the, you know, the, the bellmen and the van drivers out front, a bunch of guys like me, a bunch of like, you know, 18, 19, 20 old guys. And uh, that was one of the openings. And, and so I took a stab at that and I ended up working there for four years in that position all through college. Um, it was just such a great position. They were super flexible with me, um, you know, playing sports and, you know, they would take, they, they would take, just take me off the schedule for the seasons. Let me come back, work as much as little, uh, as I needed. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was, a that was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, so this is, this is where the, <laughs> this is where the story starts to get, get interesting. So I'm chasing my, you know, I'm chasing my sports dream and, this, that, and the other. And I end up uh, going to Omaha, Nebraska to play indoor football, to play arena football. <laughs> nice. So I, 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 I drive out there. I, and again, I go to the airport Hilton, say, Hey, I'm going out to, uh, to Omaha. I'm going to give this thing a go. And I said, great, go for it. And they just take me off the schedule. They don't terminate me or anything. It was always like, Hey, when you're ready to come back, we've got a spot for you. So I go to Omaha, Nebraska. I think I'm 22 or 23 at the time. Uh, the practices are at 8 p.m. at night because, you know, this is like minor league indoor football. It's nothing, nothing special, right? And, uh, you know, most there's like school teachers and guys that have day jobs. So the practices are at 8 p.m. So I'm sitting around all day, right? So um, I said, well, I'm gonna, I'll, go, you know, I'll go get a job. I'll get a part-time job so I can work during the day. And I went to a double tree, the Omaha double tree. And I walked in and they hired me on the spot for a front desk agent position. And mostly it was because of my Hilton background. I had, you know, essentially five years at, at two different Hilton properties at that point. And that was one of the, one of the first times where like the light bulb went off and it was like, Hey, I can, this is kind of cool. I, I can kind of go anywhere and get a job, you know, cause there's hotels everywhere. And um, you know, so I, I kind of have something here. And, uh, you know, as the story goes in my sports career, I, I break my collarbone uh, in a game and, and it wasn't broken. It was like obliterated. It was just like, you know, oh, wow. So I have the choice to get uh, surgery and for them to put a plate on my collarbone or to just let it, you know, heal. And at that point, I already had surgery on my knee in the past, I had surgery on my shoulder in the past, all sports injuries. And I, I said, no, you know, I'm done with surgery. I'll let it heal. So I'm, I, and I couldn't get back home to Arizona fast enough. And it's like a 20 something hour drive. So I'm driving back. I've got this, you know, collarbone, there's no cast or anything. They just put it in a sling and super uncomfortable. So I head back. I'm like, man, what, you know, 
what am I gonna do? Like, what am I gonna do, right? Like the sports thing, obviously, like that was needed to move on. So uh, go back, uh, you know, to the, the airport Hilton. Um, and, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't know much at that, at that time, but I did know that if I was gonna advance in, in the hotel hospitality world that I needed to get behind the front desk, I, I, you know, um, I had been a Bellman van driver for four years, but I mean, let's, you, you know, those guys, right. I was a hustler, right. I was, you know, oh, yeah. Bellman van driver valet. Like we hustled and we just, it was about making, making those tips and making that cash. And so I actually, and I did, I did feel like it was time for a change of scenery. So I got a front desk job at a, at a, a the chaparral, uh, this chaparral hotel suites, I believe is the name of the property in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Scottsdale is kind of like a, you know, kind of a swanky area and a lot of nightlife and a lot of activity down there and got a, got a front desk position, uh, started working at the front desk. Um, and this is right just after I, w- I was working at the airport Hilton when nine 11 happened. Um, and part, you know, post nine 11 and we were, we were an airport property. So I was driving to the airport in big vans, right? So we had to go post 9-11, we had to go through this whole uh, background check process and it's essentially gain clearance uh, to be able to drive at the airport. And we got these little placards with our, with our face on it and we had numbers and um, it was something that followed the person, not the property. So when I moved to this new property, I had my driver clearance with me. So I was working at the front desk um, and then before long, I was going to the airport and picking people up. Then I was, you know, working shifts, answering PBX, making reservations. And, you know, there'd be scenarios where I would, you know, take the incoming call, uh, go out to the airport, pick people up, bring them back, bring their luggage in, hop behind the front desk, check them in, hop back around, take them to the room and do the whole thing, you know, front to back, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, so I was having a good time and, you know, there was these MODs, right. And they were uh, a little bit older than me, not too much older than me. And I was just kind of getting my feel for things. And I started watching them and, you know, it was one of those like, man, um, I think I found out that they were making like $28,000 a year or something on salary. So it was like right. all the money in the world at that point. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I was like, man, I can, I could do that. You know, I could do that. And like, you know, and I think I could maybe do it a little bit better. Um, so I kept my eye out for, you know, opportunities and wanted to move up. Right. And, uh, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, finished his hospitality degree from Northern Arizona <clears throat> university. And he was at a golf resort in Scottsdale and he had left that property to go take a, an AGM spot at a, a comfort Inn and suites and his old, at his old property, I don't think it was his old position, but it was a position at his old property, a front desk supervisor at this golf resort. So I call him up and say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, apply for this position. Can you put a good word in for me? So I go uh, interview for it, um, you know, and, and I, get, I, get, I, get, I get the job, which is great. And probably at the time, uh, didn't have any business getting that job. I think I've been behind the front desk by it for about six months at that point. And I'm gonna go be this, you know, swing shift supervisor at this 386 room golf resort in Scottsdale on the TPC golf course next to the Fairmont princess. It wasn't the Fairmont property, but it was in that, that neck of the woods. And, um, 
but uh that's another, how the game another, goes that's the best yeah. part about it is like yeah. i have no business doing this but no. i'm gonna do it anyway yeah just go for it man and uh you know another one of those light bulb moments that i go to the chaparral suites and this is these are like hourly positions uh you know i, I can't remember. this was back in the early 2000s so you know could have been more like 10 12 bucks an hour or whatever and i go in to put in my notice i'm like hey i got the supervisor spot and blah 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 thanks for everything here's my notice and they were like well hey how much are they paying you? And I was like, well, you know, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you know, they didn't want me to leave. And that's, and that was, and was like, Oh, Hey, I've got some versatility. Um, you know, they don't want me to leave. Like they're asking me how much money they're going to pay me at the other place. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I have a little, you know, I've got some negotiating room now and I've kind of have built up this body of work somehow inadvertently. Right. That's worth a little something. So anyways, I end up moving on, uh, go to the, it was the resort suites of Scottsdale was the name of the property at the time. Uh, since then it, it changed to the Zona uh, suites X O N A. I don't even know if it's what it is, right. I haven't checked in on that property in, you know, 10 years property probably. Uh, but yeah, got swing shift supervisor, uh, you know, running that team, uh, learning a lot on the go, uh, independent property. Um, and then about a year and a half in, or while I'm there, I'm like, okay, I need to go back to school and get, get my degree. So I, I re-enroll uh, in the hospitality program for a Northern Arizona University through their satellite campus in Scottsdale, which, is, which was a fantastic program. Uh, never even had to set foot on the campus in Flagstaff to, to get my degree. Um, but going through school and just kind of like, you know, do, doing my thing, um, eventually become the front office manager there after about a year and a half. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was good. Things were good. And then. Uh, so just I, to kind of check in, like how old are you roughly at this time? Like I you kind am, of landed your first manager gig after yeah. accidentally building up an entire half decade of experience or more in the <laughs> hotel industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 25. I'm 25 okay, nice. um, at this point. And uh, I meet my, my wife, my future wife. And she, at the time, lived in San Diego, California, and myself in Phoenix. So we were doing a long distance thing. And, you know, it, it came time to like, okay, what are we doing here, right? It's been 10 months, like, you know, what are we doing? I have a bunch of family in San Diego, in Southern California, Oceanside, Carlsbad, more specifically. And um, I was like, well, hey, I've always, I've been going to, to Southern California my whole life. I've got tons of family out there. There's tons of resorts out there. Like I'll just move to San Diego, right? And uh, you know, another theme in my moves is every time I went to go make a move, I had all kinds of people telling me, like, why are you leaving? Like, this is crazy. You've got this good setup. Like, why are you moving on? And, you know, a lot of times it's just like my gut, right? Like, no, I think this is the right thing to do. Like it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like it'll be good. So I moved out just to uh to San Diego. No job lined up. Again, I'm 25. Like, you know, we're, you know, uh, so I go out there, um, get a job as the guest services manager at the Estancia La Jolla, which is probably oh, my nice. the, the first like legit, like four diamond hotel. I think at the time it was a destination hotels, you know, it was managed by destination hotels. I think it still is. Um, but like the first like legit, like Fort Diamond, like really, you know, La Jolla, California, like the real deal, right? Beautiful hotel, lots of wedding business, big, uh, 
you know, lots of groups and, you know, it's, it's California, it's La Jolla in, in this, and, uh, you know, front, front desk, bellman, valet, big valet operation with the events and the weddings. And, um, so get going there, uh, and, you know, learn a lot really quick. Um, and again, you know, you know, I'm, I'm only a few months in my wife at the time was working in a medical field more, and she was more like straight Monday through Friday during the day. And I'm working like six days a week swing shift. So we're not seeing each other a whole lot. Um, but it was another one of those, like the, you know, the, the, I was the guest services manager and I reported to, it wasn't a director of rooms. They, they had a heart of the house, uh, front of the house, uh, you know, uh, essentially those two positions together would be a director of rooms. Right. But uh, the, 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 the gal that I reported to, and she was fine, but again, it was another one of those like, mm, I could do this a little better. I could do this a little better. Um, and I've been doing swing shift for, you know, a couple of years now. And yeah. when I, in Arizona, when I became the front office manager, I was back on day shift and I was like, I want to kind of get back to like being the one making the schedule and, and, you know, working during the day, I could see my girlfriend at the time more. So uh, I, I apply and I get this job again, you know, I probably have a little bit of like imposter syndrome, but didn't have any business getting, but it was the director of front office at the Hilton San Diego resort on mission Bay. And, uh, you know, big, big kind of iconic property in San Diego. It's, it's old property. It's right off the five freeway, right on mission Bay, right next to sea road. Anyone who's spent any time in California knows exactly where it's at right off the five. You go right by it. Um, I think three, 354 rooms, a lot of, you know, villas and lanai's and, and, you know, very, very, you know, Southern California, San Diego ish hotel, a union property, which was yeah, that lost, lost on me. I didn't, you know, I was going through the interview process. I didn't oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so anyways, get that job. Uh, and, uh, you know, but to be honest, you know, what a great team that was there, the great, great front office team. And we, you know, we kicked some ass to be honest. I mean, and that was, that was another legitimate, you know, four diamond property. My first exposure to like a loyalty program and the Hilton honors members and the salt scores and, you know, the very kind of structured and, um, and yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Um, fantastic. Learned a lot, uh, you know, and, uh, a year and a half into that time to get married, right. Time to get married. So my wife who is, uh, I mentioned she worked in like the medical field. So she, my wife is a G she's, she's brilliant, right? She graduated. She's a division one athlete graduated with a degree in biology, I think like second in her class or something crazy like that and was working in like a pain management office, but she was going to go to school to be a physician assistant, to be a PA. Hold on one second. I want to ask you, cause you said you met her at the hotel, right? Was, but she lived in San Diego. Was she a guest or was she no, like no, working? No. Like how did you? Yeah, no, happen? I didn't. I didn't meet her at a hotel. I met her while I was working at the hotel, but I met her through some mutual friends of my sister um gotcha no, okay. so uh but no I she wasn't a guest at the hotel um, <laughs> gotcha but anyway she get so she gets accepted to uh the a PA program in Glendale Arizona so we're like great we're getting married I'm from Arizona all my family's still there 
the stars aligned and the director of front office position opens up at the Hilton San Diego, or I'm sorry, the Hilton Scottsdale resort and villas. Um, so I, you know, I, I interviewed and it was just like a, a done deal. Right. And it all kind of worked out. We moved over to Arizona. And so we move over, we get married. Um, and then, uh, so I'm 28 at this point. Um, it's 2008. I think I did like the five most stressful things you could do in one year. Like I moved, I, I bought a house, I started a new job, I got married. And then, uh, right at the end of the year, my oldest daughter was, was born, uh, New Year's Eve. So I can, you know, she, I snuck in the first, the, our first kid on New Year's Eve. So all of those things happened in one year. So we're just, you know, cruising, cruising along. Um, and then, uh, I always wanted to open a property, be part of an opening team. Um, and you know, so this is 2008, uh, and the, you know, the tribal gaming industry, a lot of the native, native American casino properties, back and, and they still are, but really in this time, there was a lot of them building these nice, really nice first class hotels to accompany their casinos. And in Arizona, there was two tribes that were doing the same thing, the Salt River Pima tribe and the Gila River tribe. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, join the Gila River uh, team, their pre-open team as the director of rooms um, and made that move. And again, it was another one of those, uh, you know, why are you leaving, you know, they didn't, they didn't counter, but they said, oh, we'll make you the director of operations. Like, you sure you want to, you could be the director of operations at a, a Hilton resort in Scottsdale. And, um, I was like, mom, I just, I want to open a hotel. Like, I think this is the right thing right. to do. This is, this is the way to go. Um, so make that move and went, and that was another, what a great experience to go through that. I think I was the third or fourth, uh, hotel employee hired, um, in eight, nine months before we opened. And, uh, we, we, you know, myself and then the revenue manager, his name's Matt Kaler, still there, like 11 plus years later, uh, we wrote every, every single PMP policy, uh, you know, for that entire operation, the front desk, bell, valet, PBX reservations, we hired every single person, um, how, again, housekeeping, the whole nine yards. And it was, a, you know, their hiring practices at, at the time were pretty structured where every position, no matter what it was, had to have like a panel interview of like multiple people. So you'd have to block like to, to hire a room attendant. You know, you'd have to you'd have to block a half a day and get two other people and sit in a, in a room and scheduled people would come in and you'd all ask them the same questions and you'd score them. It was this whole thing, right. For every single position to open that hotel. And, uh, you know, we wanted to be a four diamond property. So everything was geared towards, uh, you know, four diamond and training people and getting, getting going 242 rooms. Uh, so we opened up, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, we get open, we get our four diamond and we're just kind of, we're just kind of cruising at that point. Um, so I'm there for almost three years, a little over, you know, two and a half years or so coming up on three. Um, it was, uh, it was, an, and it was, again, it was another one of those, there was a managing director of hotel operations and in the casino environment, 
typically there's a general manager, but they're typically more of a, a gaming person. And then your hotel is more of like a department within the casino umbrella. Interesting. So you're, 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 your managing director or your director of hotel ops is actually more like a hotel GM. Um, so I, the guy I reported to, long-term Hilton guy, like 30 plus years, really great guy, but you know, probably a little, probably at the twilight of his, his career. And it was another one of those like, man, you know, I feel like, um, you know, kind of pulling, pulling his weight and, you know, doing his job, whatnot. Um, there was a, you know, there's a lot of turnover in like the tribal environment and some of them, not all of them and some of them, and there was a big shakeup in the CEO, the GM, and, you know, all got, got moved along. A new regime comes in. They, they pretty quickly moved my boss along. And, you know, I think myself and maybe a handful of other people just assumed that, like, I would just get ushered into that role and uh, to be the managing director of hotel operations. Uh, but that didn't happen. And they, you know... They brought in, you know, they brought in one of their guys, you know, so, you know, someone that they, they knew and worked with beforehand and, um, you know, kind of went through the interview process, which might've been a little bit of a, you know, just going through the motions that they already had their guy didn't matter. Right. And, uh, you know, so that, Politics of it all. that really, yeah. And that really, that really bothered me, you know, it really did. And, you know, to, to be honest, it was the beginning of the end of my time there, but. Uh, you know, the new guy comes in and, uh, you know, I made a decision though, like, Hey, this, you know, I can either go do, go about this one of two ways. Um, you know, I could be, you know, kind of a jerk and not help them out or I could, you know, I could be honest with them and help them out. And, you know, I chose the latter in his first day. I just sat down with him. I said, Hey, I don't know if you've been briefed or how much, you know, but I, I really am disappointed that I'm, I don't have this your job right now i'm really disappointed and i feel like i should have it but um you know i'm your right hand man like i got all the answers for you like anything that you need like i'm here for you and you know he was a great guy i mean he's no fault of his own and he knew his stuff he was he was very experienced and i definitely was able to learn from him um you know so we get going and then in my personal life at the same time my wife uh, she was kind of feeling the need to get back up to Washington state where she's from and she's got some more family up there. So I was kind of given the directive of like, you know, keep your eye out for opportunities in Washington. So at that time, uh, the Swinomish tribe, uh, go, they're going through the same process that he had just went through. They're building a hotel. They need hotel people. They need a hotel person. Uh, I go up, uh, I go through the interview process. I know it's between me and one other guy. Uh, and I, uh, I don't get that job, right? They go with the other guy who's a local guy, but I knew that he didn't have any, uh, casino experience. It was just a pure hotel guy, very experienced local you know, hotel guy, but having gone through the process in the, in the native American environment, I knew that could be difficult. You know, when I, when I opened that hotel at Gila river, the casino people that didn't necessarily have any hospitality or hotel background and the hotel folks that didn't have any casino background, there was definitely some clashing there. Right. Um, 
So I said, hey, no, no worries. I want to get to the area. If it doesn't work out, let me know. Go back to Arizona. The guy they brought in doesn't work out, to, to no surprise, to be honest, and he moves on. Um, but the one thing that, that he did for me, and I think this goes back to, uh, you know, maybe how I approached uh, his arrival, that when he went, I think he only lasted like five or six months, and, and, and he left on his own accord. But when he left, at least this is what he tells me, um, that he said, hey, you don't need to search for anybody. Like Dallas is your guy. Like Dallas is your guy. So, you know, they put me into this intern role, but still it's not, it's not clean, right? It's like, oh, they're going to do this and maybe they're going to change this. And um, they, you know, they kind of drug their feet on putting their paperwork in for my pay increase. And it just still wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't clean. Right. Um, So I'm kind of going along. Then, you know, a couple months later, my phone rings, it's Swinomish. I see the, I see the name on the phone and right away I'm like, the guy didn't work out. Like, here we go. Right. Take the call. <clears throat> yep. And it's, you know, that sure enough, the guy, the guy bailed, I think like it was like 60 days before they opened their property. Um, hmm. And uh, so it was like a, a wild three weeks, but I think it was up there within three weeks. Um, and again, it was another, uh, you know, the GM at the time at the, at Gila, um, him and I never really, we never really kind of clicked. I had to track him down to give my notice. And, and between the time I gave my notice and the two weeks I left, I didn't see him or talk to him at all the whole time. Um, but you know, the CEO at the time, the president of the board at the time, um, I had, you know, I, they both, uh, you know, called me in and talked with me Two people I, I respect highly to this day and, and really kind of, um, major players in that, in that, in that, you know, Native American tribal casino hospitality space. And again, it was another one of those, are you sure you want to leave? Like you're, you're teed up to be the the managing director and kind of like, why would you leave? You've got this great job, blah, blah, blah. And it was another one of those, like, it's my gut, trust my gut. This is the right thing to do. And it was a really good opportunity. And, um, it was a general manager position. Um, which, which, uh, appealed to me a great deal. To, uh, I didn't have, I wasn't going to report to a person. I was going to report to a board. Um, it had a food and beverage oversight, which I had not had before. And I had, I have, you know, formal education in food and beverage, uh, via my, my, uh, you know, college degree and, you know, had, had worked, you know, line level positions, but had never had any oversight over like restaurant operations or banquets. And this position had the banquet department, which would be new, and uh, a fine dining steak and seafood uh, restaurant, which would be new. So all of that was just very appealing to me. Um, so we make the move and, uh, you know, we open that hotel and the hotel, we, you know, we kicked ass with the hotel from day one. We really did. Um, and, you know, when you add a hotel to a casino environment, it just, it changes the ball game in, in every regard in, in business and bottom line in, uh, you know, uh, hospitality, bringing that element of hospitality, which some casinos may or may not have had. Um, it just changes, it just changes the whole thing. Um, the, you know, food and beverage as most, uh, you know, new outlets do took a little time to get some traction, but within a year or two, we started cranking in, in both our fine dining restaurant as well as, uh, the banquet department, 
and we were just cr cruising along. And, you know, a few years after we opened, we, the property itself had, I think uh, my dates are probably wrong, but I think 1985, a bingo hall was built. And then in like 1994, right next to it, they built a casino that extended onto it. And then in 2012, we added the hotel. And when you walk from one end of the, the property to the other, you could see it's like three different eras that you're going through. So think about what a 1985 bingo hall looks like versus a brand new, the, the lodge was beautiful. Like just, you know, really first class uh, finishings. And um, so we went through this whole project to renovate the whole rest of the property uh, to, to make it a one consistent property. We added a ton of back of the house space for the employees. Um, we ex expanded the casino floor. We read, we reprogrammed um, all of the food and beverage outlets and added a couple uh, food and beverage outlets. And I got to be heavily involved in the food and beverage portion of that project, which was great. So we go through that. And, you know, and really settling in in my personal life and, you know, having a bunch of kids and just like, really getting involved in the community and, um, you know, been there about seven years, uh, really at this point. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a guy who uh, just, I always like to have things going on. What's next, Pro you know, what's next project? What are we going to build? How are we going to advance? Right. I don't like to stay like stagnant. And right. When everything is going perfect, it's like you start wondering like what's going to yeah, be the next, uh, next yeah, big thing. Yeah. And, and I really, uh, you know, so a few things started happening. Um, one, as, you know, I mentioned my personal life continued to evolve and, uh, the very nature of the, the casino gaming environment started to really not align with myself, you know, on a personal standpoint and that started to become a conflict right um the, the people were great that i worked with it had nothing to do with the people it was just just the very nature of, of the business that we were doing uh and then this again that need to like let's let's press let's press and i, I had this uh rv resort project that i was really pushing we had a 33 space rv park um that i had that was just just cranking and there was a huge market, especially up in the Pacific Northwest for, you know, RV resorts, you know, these cabin resorts and kind of glamping and park models. And um, we had a, a beautiful piece of property to do it. We got the feasibility study. I was just charging ahead with that. Um, and there was some buy-in, but, you know, it kind of, that project kind of was, you know, kind of tabled or kind of stalled for a while. And um, so I was kind of like, okay, well, we're, we're just kind of getting complacent here. Um, and also those two things, but then I, I was continuing to consume, uh, you know, more about, uh, you know, company culture and core values. I started reading a lot, um, a lot of, you know, all your classic business books and, you know, cause when I started there at Swinomish, again, I, I can't say enough about, uh, you know, the Swinomish people, they gave me an opportunity when I was 31 years old to go up and be, be the general manager and open these outlets for them. Um, but, you know, over those seven years, I just, I, I continued to grow and evolve and we didn't have a mission statement at, at this, at the property. We didn't have uh, core values at the property. And I could, I could start to see like where we would get hung up and why we were kind of getting held behind. And we did get some core values established, which was great. Um, but, it, you know, and a lot of line level employees and the departments really bought into it especially um, 
you, you know, it, it was just, it, it was really, it was, it was really great to see like the progress we can make from that. Um, so wait, so just by implementing some core, like you were seeing like, okay, there's these things that we keep getting hung up on. Like, you know, our operations are good. Everything looks good, but yet we still are getting like lost at some, some of these things. So you decide to implement some heart, some soul, some values, and that actually, and by living by that, it actually fixed the problems. Well, it, it fixed some problems. Yeah. Not all of them, but you know, I think, I think people want uh, a sense of purpose when they're, when they're working and yeah. um, whatever that job may be. And, you know, I, I always kind of set out to make sure that whether you're washing dishes or cleaning rooms or whatever it is, like you have a huge purpose in what we're doing. And, you know, I used to give this big spiel at the new hire orientation every weekend. Um, you know, I would talk about, uh, you know, if, you know, if that, if the, the wine glass comes out is not clean, the, the whole thing falls apart, right? If you walk into that guest room and there's a, a, a little corner of a tissue in the, in the trash can, the whole thing falls apart, right? Like there's so many moving parts along the way. And especially in a casino environment where you've got all these food and beverage outlets and you've got all these gaming outlets. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of points along the way that could get sideways. Um, so really like just really hammering away on, on giving people purpose and why it's so important to do well. And, you know, working in, uh, you know, native American environments, uh, you know, you're, you're producing for the community and there's a lot of good that comes out of performing well. And I, you know, seeing dental clinics get built and, treatment facilities get, get built and housing get built and watching people go to college and get their college paid for because we are doing well. So there, it was a lot of really just educating folks of like, this is why it's important. Um, this is, you know, your role in the big picture and this is how we're going to do it. Right. But the interesting thing, the, 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 hardest folks to truly buy into it and live by it was like our exec executive committee. Really? Um, a lot of line level people didn't have a problem at all, but uh, you know, the exact, some of the exec team, we had a lot of really long tenured folks, you know, you could tell, I could tell like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of pushing that um, maybe this might mean a little more accountability for everyone, not just our line level folks, but our all the way up. Right. And uh, it just wasn't, you know, anyways, it was just hard to make, make progress in that area. Um, so I kind of had one foot out the door a little bit um, to the point where, you know, I'm seven and a half years in, uh, you know, I would get a call. I would get a recruitment call maybe every, you know, few months or something from, you know, on LinkedIn or whatnot. And, you know, I got one and uh it was, it was an interesting opportunity that I actually said, Oh, it was, it was a multi-property opportunity, kind of like a regional GM type of position down on the Oregon coast and it looked pretty attractive. And, you know, I pursued it at the time and uh, I actually, it, you know, it was one of the first interview processes I went through where I won't say I didn't care if I got it or not, but I was like, I'm putting 100% like exactly who I am on the table. I'm not putting on any fronts. I'm, I'm not, putting on any shows. Like I'm, I'm exact. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. 
Um, and I, and I got I love that off man, of all job. those, uh, and, um, all that culture stuff, all those like reading and kind of building yourself up a little bit. You just kind of decided like, you're not going to force anything. I love that. Yeah. You know, it would have been, uh, maybe a little different than how young Dallas would have maybe gone into the interview, but you yeah. were doing it a little bit different. Yeah. And I mean, man, the young Dallas is, I was, I was probably like the thorn in so many front office manager and GM side, you know, it, it's funny every once in a while I'll come across someone from back in the day and they are shocked that I am like a general manager of, I was, I was ever a general manager of anything much less than in the hotel <laughs> industry. But, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I get this job and I get, you know, I get the offer letter um, you know, and it's a great position and like, it's a, you know, fairly substantial increase in pay. Um, and it's like, you know, it's a pretty big move though. We're, we're seven and a half years in, um, uh, in Anacortes up there at Swinomission. Mission. You know, I talk with my wife and we more or less decide like, we're going to do it. Right. So I wake up and, um, it's May 3rd, uh, 2019. And I, and I'll tell you why I remember this date. So, I go to work that day and the sense of relief I had that day of like, man, like I'm moving on. Like, I, you know, I could tell that it was the right decision to be, to be leaving. And uh, so I'm at work. Um, I signed the offer letter. I sent it back over. You know, I talked to the, my, the CEO at, at the company and uh, you know, we set a start date and like, we're like, I'm like ready to go. Right. So May 3rd is my second son's birthday and you know i get home uh you know we put the kids to bed and then my wife says we can't do this we can't we can't leave and i'm like what are you talking about we just talked about this and decided like yesterday like i just signed my offer letter like three hours ago whatever it was and you know she had sent she had sent like this you know we're, we're, we, we typically don't do big like birthday parties for the kids we always do something obviously, but, uh, um, you know, my wife had sent this email out, uh, to, you know, a group of friends saying, Hey, you know, it's Joey's birthday today. Uh, we're going to first Friday mass in the morning. Then we're just going to go to the park and get some pizza. Whoever wants to come and, you know, pretty informal, I guess like all these people show up and like all the kids get around in a circle and they all go around and talk about what, you know, what they appreciate about my son and, my wife's just sitting there. Oh, like, that's really nice. Yeah, but 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 my wife is just like you know we can't leave this this community and this this group of folks and um <laughs> so you know we're having this conversation and I'm like oh my gosh so I have to call this guy the next morning on Saturday morning and, and renege and say hey I can't do it I can't do it um, and he was so great and he was so gracious and um, he even he even gave me. Uh, you know, another week to think about it. You know, if it was me, I'd probably be like, whatever, man, moving on. Um, so it, we didn't move forward with that. And so I'm like, okay, all right. So this is in May. So then fast forward two months later and I knew, you know, I, you know, I knew some, the winds of change were about a little bit within the company I was at. Um, and, uh, you know, the beginning of July, I get the call right from, from the chairman. And he's like, Hey, uh, can we meet with you this afternoon at four o'clock? I'm like, yeah, no problem. 
so I'm like, all right, some, you know, something's, something's afoot. So I go in, I sit down and they say, Hey, you know, we had this retreat, the board had a retreat and uh, we want to make some changes and, you know, we're going to, we're going to create a CEO position. Uh, you know, your colleague is going to be the CEO um, and you, you know, we, we still want you here and like, we, you know, but you're going to just focus on the hotel, uh, the RV park. Um, and then essentially like, like, like banquet sales, but you don't have to worry about food and beverage operations anymore, like the restaurant, um, blah, blah, blah. So really it was like, they, they tried to frame it up as like, um, I think the exact words were uh, less responsibility, but the same pay. Like, isn't that great? And, uh, wow, sounds awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I don't want less responsibility. I want more, you know? And, um, I'm like, do I have an option? Like, is this like, you know, well, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, we didn't talk to anybody else. Like we're just coming in and telling pe- these guys like what's going to happen. I said, yeah, but I'm the only one that's being negatively affected. So yeah. If you brought me in and told me I was going to be the CEO, I wouldn't, I would be like, great. Right. So, um, <laughs> right. but you know, to, to their credit, you know, they were trying to, to, you know, keep everything as positive as possible. And, um, and, you know, you know, there isn't any way that they would be able to make the changes that they were contemplating without talking to people, you know, and, um, so, you know, I, I, but I get it, right. I get it. And it, to be honest, the move made sense. It made sense. Um, it was like a, it was a dual GM set up for seven years and uh, it, it didn't make any, it didn't make any sense to continue the road that we were going down. And, you know, I think my persistence to kind of try to push us in one direction, um, you know, some folks, uh, you know, probably took exception to that at some point. So, you know, I go home you know, kind of think about it. And I'm like, at this point, there's no way I'm staying, right? It's not going to work. But I I feel like I have a pretty good uh, solution or pretty good proposal, if you will, uh, at hand, right? And even my wife kind of questioned me and she was, uh, I think, you know, you know, I have all these, I have six kids, um, you know, got a family to support. My wife doesn't work. Like it's, you know, I don't have anything lined up. So it's not like I can just quit. So anyways, I, I, I meet with them early the next morning and I basically just say, Hey, you know, I think, you know, here, here's a, here's a, a, a solution, right? Like, what do you guys think about it? And again, they're very gracious and they were, they were, and they, but the solution involved me leaving. Right. And they had told me that during the retreat, one of the discussions was like, well, you know, Dallas might leave, right? Like they they probably know me better. Like this probably isn't going to fly, but the fact that they were willing to take that risk kind of sent the message to me on kind of where I fit in the big picture. Right. Which is, which it is what it is. Right. Um, Not going to force anything, man. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, they were so, you know, they were great. Like, Hey, you know, take two weeks, take two weeks off. And I had just got back from like a a vacation, like a week's long vacation, take a couple more weeks. Um, make sure like, you know, really think about it, you know, so I took the two weeks and, um, I was like, like we got back together and I was like, no, like, I, I don't, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't come to any agreement that included me staying, but we, I think we felt we came to a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, solution that included me leaving. Um, and again, so I, I don't have anything lined up at this point. 
So it was another one of those, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, from the outside looking in, people are like, you've got this great job. You've been there seven and a half years. Like, you're crazy. What are you doing? And again, it was another, like, just follow my gut. Like, no, something's going to work out. You know, something's going to work out. And I had been really contemplating for a long time doing something on my own. Right. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I left and I really dove into looking at properties more like, you know, RV, cabin cabin resort, glamping type of properties uh, to either purchase and own and operate or to, uh, you know, raw land to develop. Um, and at the same time, I had recruiters working for me, like, you know, give, you know, and I was doing interviews for various positions. Um, and and uh, that's when the lookout, the lookout popped up in that, in that, in that scenario. And, um, you know, I didn't, you know, we could get into it in a bit here about, you know, the unique concept of, of the lookout, but, uh, I had really got, gone pretty far down the road on this property in, in Northern Idaho on Lake Coeur d'Alene and, you know, cabins and whatnot. And, um, at the same time, like the lookout thing was kind of progressing. Um, but then it got to the point at the end where like the, the Northern Idaho, the, the, you know, developing this campground, this, these cabins weren't going to work out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it panned out uh, for the lookout to, uh, you know, they, they, made, they made an offer and I took the job started in December of 2019. Um, so a little over a year, I've been here about eh, 14 months or so now. So that's the very, very long story of how I got to where I'm at now. So the reason, well, first, let me ask you this. How many years did we just cover there in terms of from beginning to, to like now, basically? Yeah. So that was uh, 25. So 25 years. So a quarter century of hospitality yeah. experience yeah. Just covered there. What I love, this is why I love telling, telling people stories and listening to people's stories about hospitality and stuff is that it's just like, like life just like has come at you just like it does everybody like different things happen you move you have kids you get married you know you try to become a professional football player you do all <laughs> these things right yeah. or you destroy your your collarbone and you drive yeah. back to Arizona in a sling and all while this is happening you know you have the the beautiful and awesome hotel and hospitality industry that kind of just is in the background through all of that. Yeah. It's kind of throughout life. It's just, it's just there, you know, it's, yeah. and, and it's, it's, I don't know. That's just what makes me happy about it. It's like, it's just so unique from 15 years old working at the pool to, um, you know, to after you're, you know, sitting down with your wife after your kid's birthday party and you're still working in the hotel industry. Yeah. um so but but now you you end up at the lookout right and the lookout is cool because as you know we were talking about off the record your office is literally in a multi-bedroom house right now which Mm -hmm. is really cool yeah not get that at your at your standard hilton box or anything like that so tell me a little bit about what that is so we we can all kind of figure it out because when i first ran into you on linkedin and kind of started to take a look i just assumed the lookout was just a resort like just like any old place so yeah and that's certainly not the case yeah The, the best way to maybe frame it up so people can picture it is that we are a resort full of airbnbs you know of short term rentals of 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 house of vacation homes we like to say we're uh 
a vacation home resort community. Um, so we're in uh, North Central Washington on Lake Chelan, which is you know North Central part of the state. It's more deserty over here. It gets you know we hit triple digits. It's really hot. Huge lake uh, town, summer town, um, and it, you know very popular in the summer. But it's beautiful in the winter as well. Uh, but really, the lookout started as a really more of a real estate development project with always the intention that this rental program, this resort program would grow as well. And we're modeled after uh, a place called Seabrook on the Washington coast, which is the exact same setup as us. Um, probably, I don't know, five, six years ahead of where we're at now. So we had, we were developing this neighborhood where we have, we're on the lake, we have a waterfront with you know this beach swim area and a swim dock and 70 slip marina, We've got two resort pools. We've got parks and playgrounds. We've got a, a beautiful uh, outdoor wedding and event venue that looks out over the lake and, you know, to do weddings out there and music. And it's a true resort, but instead of brick and mortar hotel rooms, we have these beautiful vacation homes um, of all different shapes and sizes. And we sell real estate. So I, I had one of the things that, that was appealing about the lookout job is one um, you know, uh, getting into real estate and learning about like development and real estate development and what it takes. Um, I had to go get my real estate license, which has been a great, uh, you know, another weapon to put in the arsenal, which is great, but we sell real estate and we sell, you know, lots and home plans. And then when a homeowner purchases the, the house and they build it, they have the option to enter it into our resort program. And if they do, we manage, it's just another room in our inventory, if you will, from hotel speak. It's like adding, it's like expanding your hotel by one room, right? You now have that additional room of inventory, but it's a house. And then there's a revenue share between the homeowner and the resort. So from a, a buyer's perspective, it's like I get to buy, you know, a beautiful vacation home. Um, all of these houses are, are second homes to folks. Uh, I think until recently, uh, I think our last full-time resident moved out. They, they still own the home, but they, these are all second homes for folks. It's turnkey. They don't have to manage it. We do the whole thing. You know, if you go on our website, it's just like, you know, visiting a resort website, your arrival date, your departure date, your number of guests. And then instead of room types, you're served up houses and you kind of filter through and, you know, filter your amenities and locations and, you know, hot tubs and views and fireplaces and, you know, bedrooms and size. And um, so it's like, you know, so we run, we run a resort with these homes and it's, and it's great. And then the third aspect is the HOA. We run the homeowners association for the property as well. So the principles are still, you know, hospitality hotel principles um, when it comes to rate and revenue management and marketing and you know, that was another big appeal for me is this, this had historically been, again, like a res, uh, real estate focused. And as we're getting to the end of our real estate inventory and our, our resort program is growing, we have a hundred, we're going to have probably 110 houses in the program right now um, for this, this upcoming season, which probably equates to, I don't know, maybe a 400 room hotel, something like that. I mean, these are all, <laughs> that's three, pretty four, good, man. That's five bedroom hotel. It's crazy. You know, we get, you know, we get crazy, you know, nightly rates are insane. And, um, but they, you know, they never had anyone in this position with any kind of resort or hotel uh, or hospitality background. So 
even though we're, we're 10 years in um, to the project, the, the resort program is six years in because the first four years was just selling houses and getting them built. Um, and so we're still very much in like startup mode, you know, and kind of going back to my, uh, you know, my desire to always be part of something that's like growing and building. And, you know, so we're building, you know, a big focus right now with the, the, the crew that we have on company culture and best practices and really getting, you know, in, you know, we're not, you know, getting intuitive hospitality decision-making going on. And um, so that, that part always, you know, appeals to me as well. So, yeah, it's just a great, really unique concept of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a neighborhood of Airbnbs that's got central management. I mean, talk about just appropriate for like, t- like, you know, you can listen to like all these, you know, experts and stuff talk about trends of what's going on in the hospitality industry. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's ironic because those, you know, mid-sized to large box Hiltons that you were working at are probably temporarily closed at the moment. I'm sure you could go and no. see that. No. Um, Meanwhile, you are growing and expanding beyond what your wildest imagination yeah. would have told you, yeah. you know, during this crisis and everything. And um, yeah. it, it's like, I guess my question to you in regards to that would be like, what's the biggest takeaway and like piece of learning that you've had since you stepped away from hotels and basically immediately jumped into this kind of Airbnb neighborhood, so to speak, simultaneously during the COVID crisis? Like, what can you take away in your first year? Man, I mean, well, you know, we were, you know, we, at the beginning of this thing, um, it's crazy to think, I mean, it's February now that, I mean, we're coming up on a year, this right about a year that we started dealing with this, right? Like March is really when um, things started getting heavy last year. And, you know, we were in the same boat in the beginning, you know, we were, uh, what's going to happen um, we closed down the entire month of April, the, the last two weeks of March. And then the entire month of April, we were dark. We cleared the books of any reservations. We had, you know, the stay at home order. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we're an interesting, cause we're not technically a hotel or resort. Um, but what the, the nail in the coffin for us was the city put a, a moratorium on short-term rentals. Um, which is, you know, was what we are. And it, we, at the time, yeah, we were trying to figure this out. We weren't trying to go against the grain. So I think May 5th was our, it's the state's like reopening, you know, the stay at home order expired. We didn't really know what was going on. Um, our governor kind of waited till the week of, so we didn't really have any like planning to do. And again, we're a big summer seasonal property. So the, the city in this whole area was like, we need Memorial through Labor Day, like, and it's early May, what's going to happen. And again, there was no reservation activity. We had massive cancellations. Um, our booking pace before COVID in mid-March was everything was pacing like hundred percent year over year in, in every metric, you know, rental nights, rental revenue, rental stays. We saw that we saw that decline all the way down to about twenty percent. So we lost about eighty percent of our of our our pace and just millions of dollars of cancellations. Zero interest from real estate, right? It just was a standstill. So we didn't. So for a while there, we we're like, this could go one way or the other. But man, oh man, as soon as we opened back up, 
And, you know, I, you know, travel uh, behaviors change. People aren't flying as much. They're not leaving the state. They're shying away from like your brick and mortar hotels. And they're searching for, you know, individual houses and Airbnbs and VRBOs, which is what we are. And then, then it just exploded. It took off on us. Um, and uh, that even continued into the, uh, you know, historically slower winter time because at least in Washington state, like, People aren't in school. People are working from home. There's no, uh, you know, high school sports. There's no kids sports or activities. Like we're, we're, our state's been pretty shut down. So we've really, the work from anywhere, learn from anywhere. Um, you know, we're 300 days of sunshine here in Chelan. So a lot of people coming over from the coast when it's gray and rainy and whatnot. Oh, wow. So, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You so don't like, normally think of that when you think of uh, you don't. Washington. <laughs> you don't. You think of like, you know, the rain, the summers are, are great on the West side, but you know, so essentially our resort business doubled. Um, and then the real estate blew up as well because people were looking to, you know, have that retreat to get away to. Um, people that might've been on the fence for a while on that second home or that vacation home. And I think this just put them over the edge and real estate over here has been, we're, we're a zoom town. You know, if you've heard that, if you've heard that, uh, that phrase recently, um, we're, we're, a, we're the epitome of a zoom town, like these, these little vacation towns and people are flocking to and buying second homes. And, um, yeah. So from a business standpoint, yeah, it's just it's. It, it, I almost feel guilty, you know, talking about it because I know so many in our industry and a lot of people that I know are struggling. But uh, we were just, yeah, that juxtaposition between like right, like you're think thinking back to like the early part of your career to where you are now, and it's just like, you know, what would this situation have been like had you been elsewhere? Yeah, and yeah, probably been- probably guaranteed to not be nearly as good, if not much no. much worse. No. Not at all. And I think to, to go back to your question, like the takeaway is really, you know, that that hospitality and, and the basic principles of hospitality and taking care of people, it, you know, they're they're universal and they transcend any, you know, almost any industry. They can be applied, I guess, in any industry. And given we still prop ourselves up as a hospitality company. We very much are so. I mean, we, you know, these are you know people coming on vacation, bringing their families, creating memories and traditions, and getting married, and the whole the whole nine yards. Um, but that, regardless of of the environment, that those principles of hospitality and that approach of just uh, you know taking care of people and um, you know treating others the way that you know uh, you want to be treated, and and you know just tr- thinking about what, what additional can I do for this person just, you know, it's, it's good to do no matter what in any industry, in any scenario at any time. And, um, you know, probably this time more than ever that we just need to do that just in general, how we we should just live our lives like that much less regardless of what industry we're in. But, uh, you know, it was very apparent that, uh, um, yeah, that's just the way to be. It's better to be that way than, than not. I could, I couldn't have said it better myself. That is certainly the lifestyle that, you know, makes the world a better place. And that's what makes being in hospitality that much easier is because that's, you know, when you're in that industry, it's like, oh, I get to live this in my career and outside of it. And it just, it all blends together. Um, Now, one thing I'm curious about actually is like managing a vacation rental versus a regular hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like, do you, cause you know, you, you described kind of from the guest experience standpoint, the reservations process, it's very similar when you go on and you kind of choose what you want in the website and your arrival and departure date. Um, and the revenue management side of it is very similar and everything like that. But in terms of the management of it all, and how does that compare, uh, because I'm sure a lot of us, myself included, you know, with only hotel experience, curious to know. Yeah, it's, you know, again, a lot of it's the same. The principles are the same, right? And just trying to think through, uh, you know, again, instead of walking into a hotel room, they're walking into a home, right? And that home needs to be, uh, you know, it needs to be immaculate. Um, it need, you know, so we have the same uh, you know, challenges, operational challenges of, you know, housekeeping and laundry and turning houses and having houses ready on time. I mean, we have days in the summer where we've got to turn, mm. we have 40 same day turns where people are checking out of a, you know, 3000 square foot house at 11 with five bedrooms. And we have, that thing has to be immaculate in, in, you know, four hours. And we've got 40 of them to do like, it's, so it's the same. It's really, it's, it's the same. It's just wow. a different. And I thought those little, those 300 square foot rooms were tough to turn. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, and you know, and instead of, you know, corridors and lobbies, we have, you know, streets and parks and we have all these common areas outside and we, you know, we have, we have pools, we have waterfronts. Um, so again, it's really, it's the same principles and it's the same approach, just the, the physical setup is just a little different, but it's really the same thing. It really is. Um, you know, your, your service, when you make house calls, right. You know, the Wi-Fi is not working, you know, Wi-Fi is not working in a hotel room. Wi-Fi is not working in the house. It's the same thing. How do we handle those guest interactions? Um, you know, my propane tanks out, you know, it's, it's all the same, just in a different environment, you know? And um, I think, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the little difference in being a lot of, we, we have guests who will come and never see or interact with any of our employees because they can go right to their home. Um, and they don't need anything. There are a lot, a lot of them are very self-sufficient as long as we have everything teed up and dialed in for them. Um, yeah. So again, it's, it's, uh, it's the same. You just have to kind of get change your thinking of, okay, how are we going to approach this? And to be honest, uh, you know, a lot of that wasn't here kind of before I got here, it was kind of like, you know, but really taking the hospitality principles and implementing them and thinking about things and viewing things through that lens. Um, it lines up pretty well. It lines up pretty well and it works. I, I just got chills when you said that because it's, it's, it's what we need. It's like you, those, again, to echo your sentiments, those same principles of, of hospitality and, and, and operating a business with hospitality as a hotel is done. Um, just having that is like a, just a huge value proposition just for a person to like boast, like to have that with them. And you're kind of living proof of that. Like you've been able to almost in a very entrepreneurial way, kind of build up this startup, so to speak, with this kind of vacation rental vertical within this community uh, and fast as well, you know, during the time that, that it was needed. Um, with that being said, I, I do want to ask you, you know, for the people listening who are 
maybe unfortunately aren't aren't with their hotel anymore. They're laid off. They've they've been impacted mm-hmm. by this, um, and they hear about like something like this. The lookout. They've never heard of it before, and they're wondering, um, you know, wow, maybe there's opportunities like this for me, or maybe I can switch. And maybe it's just not a brick and mortar hotel, like. Mm-hmm what kind of advice would you give somebody for taking that leap and kind of getting out of their comfort zone a little bit? Yeah, no, good question. You know, I think, uh, you know, trusting your gut, I think like, you know, you know, you know, when it's right, you know, and, uh, but really I think thinking broader, like, especially if you've got a good body of work and you have these skills that you might not even know that you have that are, uh, you know, that can certainly be applied in, in different industries or in a different way and just really get creative with it. And to be very, I mean, again, easy for me to say, you know, sitting here, but to be kind of selective, you know, when, right. you know, I think what, you know, one of the, you and I talked about this a little bit and again, easy for me to say sitting on my, my spot right now and you, you got to do what you got to do. But I think a really good question to ask any new you know, job or that if you're laid off, you're looking, you're looking for your next position, your next company to work for, you know, I would ask them, you know, Hey, do you have core values and do you have a mission? Um, How did you apply those during the pandemic when you had to make tough decisions, you know, and how, how quick did you start clipping people because of the financial aspect? You know, we talk, you know, those companies that talk about our employees are like family and this and that and other, and, and how quickly that, that proved to not be the case. Not every, not all, not all companies, right. Not all. Um, but I think that's an important thing to, uh, and again, you gotta do what you gotta do and you, you, you gotta, you gotta get a job and you gotta provide and I, I get it. But if you have the opportunity to be selective and really um, position yourself to put your, your skills to work and, you know, trust in your gut and, um, you know, and again, really know kind of what you're getting into. And I think how people have uh, approached this whole situation we're in is very telling of certain companies. And, um, you know, so, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but I think, uh, yeah, just, just get creative and, and know that you have, you can never go wrong with just, again, basic hospitality principles and treating people well, that, that'll do nothing but serve you well in, in any aspect of your life, you know, and how you decide to move forward. And um, yeah, not to be cliche, but just hang in there and have some grit, you know, you gotta have a little bit of grit and, and fight through it. You know, well, I, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, there are better days to come sooner rather than later and, and everyone will be able to get back up on their feet again very soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, well said overall, you know, I, again, to, to kind of build on that, you know, yeah, there are some people who may need to just get whatever they can in the meantime, just to provide, because it is kind of a survival mode for a lot of people, certainly understandable. Uh, But I think the one thing to remember is that, you know, you may have spent your entire career in hotels, but the skills that you have, like you're not stuck you're actually at an advantage over most people because you know how to treat somebody, you know, how to, to deal with somebody when they're upset, you know, how to provide attention to detail to maximize somebody's experience. And Mm -hmm. that's a rare skill. So I feel like, you know, 
hoteliers have something to be proud of in their background, regardless if they, if they go back to it or they do something else. Uh, it's just hoteliers are a different breed of people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we should all be proud of that regardless of where we end up or what yeah. we do afterward. Uh, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, um, Dallas, with that, I will thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your contributions to hospitality. Um, and thanks for sharing your story with us. 25 years in the industry, just hotels just being the backbone of every, you know, every life curveball, every decision made, everything along the way, hospitality was there to kind of keep you grounded, keep you afloat, keep you engaged. Um, that's just what I love about the industry. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. And again, love what you guys are doing and, you know, keep, uh, keep charging ahead. It yeah, will do, man. We'll do. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of the Hospitality MD podcast. If you did, please be sure to leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and navigate to our YouTube channel and press subscribe. Each and every week, we upload all of our podcast interviews to YouTube where they can be viewed along with other miscellaneous content and our weekly live streams Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Thank you, as always, for your support and contributions to hospitality. We will see you next week.